my name is Paige Lewin. I am founder and host of the UK's only show for Afro and curly hair, Texture Talks. And I'm also an activist. Don't know how that happened, but yes, she's an activist. I recently have decided that outside of the podcast, I really want to focus on the needs of the community. So whether that's hopping on Good Morning Britain, talking about Afro-discrimination in workplaces, which unfortunately from my years in corporate, I've had to experience, from jumping on Radio 4, talking about the Western impacts of beauty on little black girls like me when I was growing up. I will do what I need to do to speak to the pains of the people that I am currently serving. And I think right now the key goal for me is making sure that everybody's stories can be heard in whatever format I can do that in. My inspiration for launching Texture Talks was being constantly confused. Like, what am I supposed to do with my hair? How am I supposed to look after it? What products am I supposed to buy? And is grandma's advice okay? Is that sufficient? Or do I trust this random woman in LA on YouTube? Like, what am I supposed to be doing here? (laughs) No one seemed to be able to tell me. And then I realized everybody else was also confused. And at this point, when I really decided to do it, I was bold. So obviously, I was really trying to find a way out. (laughs) And my mum spoke to me quite honestly and was like, look, you hope to have, I already told her I want to have a tribe of kids one day. I'm talking like four or five. So it's more than likely these kids are going to have Afro hair. What are you going to do? So I was like, okay. (laughs) Fair play, harsh, but true. So how can I learn selfishly, (laughs) about my own hair from people that really know what they're talking about, right? I'm not talking about just any old person who's going to be able to teach me how to do a pony and lay my baby hairs. I mean, somebody that's really got education, right? Or life experience, but then also share that with other people because it's not just me. And I thought about it and started Googling podcasts for myself. I didn't really want to start a podcast. Like the real situation is I didn't want to start a podcast. I just couldn't find one. (laughs) Not one that was active and was speaking to a range of different voices. I wanted my perspective. I wanted to understand things I never knew before. And I wanted it to be regular so I could rely on it as a constant resource. And I didn't find anything. So I was like, cool, I'll make it. (laughs) How I choose my (laughs) topics and guests. (sighs) So... A lot of time I ask my community, I ask people. It seems like a really obvious thing to do, but I know a lot of times there's podcasts and there's events that people run and shows they make. They ain't asking anybody if anybody wants it. (laughs) There's a team of people at the top that are making that decision for themselves and saying, yeah, I think that community really love that. But have you asked the community? Mm, I didn't think so. So I was like, okay, cool. Let me just ask people. And let me also dig into the treasure troves of trauma (laughs) to look at my life experiences and be like, what's really griped me? What's bothered me? And that's why we started the first filmed podcast with relaxers. Relaxers took a lot from me. (laughs) My God. So I wanted to try and help those where they, like me, they suffered with it. And it felt like an obvious thing to discuss. And the sad fact is... A lot of the topics were obvious because we have so many things that we need to get answers to. It wasn't hard. 
learning how to read product labels, ingredients, relaxers, texturism. Like these were all very obvious things to discuss. So finding the topic wasn't very hard. And as the community grew, a lot of people were very open to putting themselves forward as guests. So as I said, and I've always said, Texture Talks is a community project and finding the guests and the topics were not very hard because the community helped me. How has this podcast impacted my personal life? Well, before I started this podcast, I was burning myself out in a nine to five sales job. Really unhappy. Wasn't being treated particularly well, if I'm honest. And on that rat race for commission, more money, promotions kind of, but it just felt like that was it. And I thought to myself, this can't be it. Like This until I die. I'm 30. Like there's got to be other things I can do. And I've always had a creative outlet, something I've done. And at this point in my life, before I, just before I did the podcast, I didn't have anything. And I just felt very numb. I felt like I was going through the motions a little bit where as depressing as it sounds, someone could hit me with a car and I probably would just be like, yeah, fair. (laughs) Because I was just bored and I was wondering what the meaning was. Why am I here? So when I find this podcast now, and I say find, make, (laughs) I'm now feeding that void, that feeling of what on earth have I been put on the planet for now starts to slowly make sense. I'm thinking, oh, it could be this. (laughs) And then another big piece of my puzzle in my life is I've also felt isolated a lot. So I'm a single child. My mum wanted more kids, but obviously people's sons can't act right. So she ended up with just me. (laughs) And... I'm not super tight with all my family, so it's kind of just always been me and mum, which is great. But as you grow older, you focus more on work, friends move away, get married, have kids. You just wake up one day and you realise, I think it's just me. (laughs) I think it's just me. And that was a really isolating feeling. And then I moved to London. That doesn't help. (laughs) I feel even more alone. My mum's in Jamaica. A lot of my friends from back home, we're not really friends anymore. I'm sure we'd be polite if we passed each other in the street, but you know how it goes. This podcast has catapulted me into this mad community of people. And I just never thought social media would be my savior in this way. Never. I always thought it was pretty toxic. I hated the concept of influencers. Didn't get it. And as much as I actually relied on a lot of them. For me, I didn't want to be an influencer in any way. I just thought content creation was something that was for people that had an easier life. So the fact that creating content has managed to not only fill my purpose gap, (laughs) the void for meaning that I had, but also give me access to a group of people that share my experiences, they get it. Everyone gets it. There's never a time where I've spoken to someone then that they don't understand. But then it's more than just social media because now I'm being invited to birthdays. (laughs) I've got people sending me WhatsApps like, haven't heard from you, you okay? 
I've managed to create a family for myself um, from creating this podcast and connecting with people in this way. It was probably the most important part of our existence is that feeling of community. And I've never really felt it. And I've never felt it more now. What are the, the most memorable moments for me? <laughs> I'm cackling, but there's, there's so many where I was left <laughs> in what one of my all-time favorite guests, who's actually been a guest twice now, Rachma. Rachma calls the sunken place. And the sunken place is where you are sat thinking about something for so long that you're like, oh my God. You know, when you start to overthink and then you end up down the road two hours later, you haven't eaten anything and you're now wondering why you have fingers. Like that's the sunken place. And the episodes I can think of that took me there was Kareen, Kareen Memby White from Afro Hair Candy. Oh God, she was just handing out nuggets about black women's infertility. Then she was talking about whether or not hair loss is caused by stress because it wasn't documented that the slaves had any hair loss and they were pretty stressed, I think it's fair to say. So then that had me go home for a few hours and I needed, I needed to be left alone. <laughs> no one could chat to me that afternoon. So that stands out to me because it was one of those where you let the conversation flow how it wants to flow. You don't stop because oh, we're not talking about hair loss anymore. You know, like, no, if we, if we get to culture, so be it. And that was a powerful episode for talking about some of the cultural topics that are important to us. Another moment that really stands out for me was Marsha. Marsha Martin is just such an incredible pillar in our community. She's focused so heavily on helping those of us that have special needs children and our sole carers or mothers and have no support. We fall through the gaps. Like there's very little in the way of people that are reaching out to give us funding and, and resource to be able to help us get through it. So her episode was so emotional. The way I was trying to hold it together and just not cry, not cry, not cry, not cry. <laughs> And it got to a point where I was like, where's the tissue, bunny? Where's the tissue? I'm done. I'm wiped. Because it was just heartfelt. It was honest. And there's this like beautiful vulnerability with the guests that come on the show that I am so grateful they allow us to see. Because without that, these moments that are special for me and are really impactful for the audience, they wouldn't mean anything. If everyone's trying to hold up their guard and have their ego in play, we're not going to get any gold from it. And it's those moments where I've been able to really see into the soul of somebody that have stood out for me. Um, some of the hardest parts about doing this podcast. Fear of being cancelled. Fear of saying the wrong thing. Fear of um, letting my family down. Fear of letting my community down. <clears throat> fear of forgetting the mission and taking sponsorship deals or allowing people on that really had no business being on constant fear that I am not focused that I lose sight of what I'm doing or that I simply just make a mistake I'm human I'm going to make mistakes I'm not perfect I've never done this before <laughs> but realizing how much people feel isolated and unheard and unseen there's a lot of weight to that. Telling the stories of people that have never felt like they have ever had an opportunity to speak their truth, that's heavy stuff. 
And I want to be the person to help with that. But if I mess up, if I tell your story in the wrong way, if I make an inappropriate off the cuff comment at the wrong time, it could throw the whole thing off. It could make it, it can make the space I'm trying to create for us no longer a safe space. So the hardest part in one part of it is making you guys proud. I don't want to let you guys down. And it's really stressful sometimes knowing what the right path is, whether I should just ignore something and let it go. Whether in doing so, I'm actually being implicit in some of the toxicity in our environment and in our, our community. Sometimes saying nothing is just as bad as doing something wrong. So it's that constant battle, whether on social media or on the podcast, as to how far do we take this? The other part is just exhaustion and knowing when to stop and feeling like I can't stop because <laughs> if I don't do this, I don't know who else will. On those days where, and trust me, <laughs> there's been so many, I've been at the end of my tether in terms of just personal stuff, family stuff, friend stuff. And I just thought, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this podcast. You know? <laughs> or I don't think I have the energy to edit it. I've been sat in tears, tired, because I just feel like I haven't got it in me. The hardest part is being able to get up and do it anyway. Because there are people that have messaged me and told me that they wait for the podcast. They wait for it. And never in my wildest dreams would I ever thought I'd get to a point where someone's saying to me, <laughs> I think the podcast was like 15 minutes late. <laughs> and she was like, are you, are you publishing it today? I was like, yes, my God says I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And it, it's that level of fulfillment that drives me. But battling that with knowing when to just rest, it's hard, man. It's something I'm still learning now. Ha, yes, okay. Let's talk about the creative production side. Let's talk about making this thing. Oh, my God. So at the beginning of my journey, I didn't know anything. I was Googling everything. And I downloaded about 12 apps, three pieces of software, signed up for like 10 subscriptions <laughs> just to see what one. I was like, let me just try little things and see what, what I need. And that's kind of one of the biggest things I realized over time. You'll work out what you need. You'll work out what the key staple pieces of software are and you'll find your way over time. The biggest behind the scenes thing I hate <laughs> is editing the audio. I will never lie. I hate it because you start to get real obsessive. You hear someone breathe and you're like, ah, cut. <laughs> someone will cough and you'll be like, ah, gap silence and you just can't let certain things go and one of the biggest lessons I learned with production is when I was just doing audio I could obsess about these things because there's no visual element I realized however when I was doing the video podcast and I was exporting the audio I'd leave all those things in and it was someone that was like Relax, 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 relax. Look at what you're doing. <laughs> Get your head out the matrix and realize that 
You're allowing all these ums and buts and this for the video podcast. You can let them stay in for the audio. It's not that deep. And it was one person that said the amount of times that people that create, we get obsessive. We think you notice this, you notice the color on this. One time I almost didn't want to publish a whole podcast episode because there was a little bit of mascara on my eyelid. My videographer knows that this is true. I was trying to find ways around it. He was like, there's nothing we can do for you. (laughs) Okay, relax. I have obsessed about the stupidest things, but coming to the conclusion that it's the content. That's why people are there. It's what value the conversation is bringing to their lives. Truth be told, Paige, they don't really care what you look like. If you turn up and you look mashup, yeah, fair. Someone would probably comment on Instagram. Other than that, I don't think they care. It's what you're saying that matters. So you just need to breathe and focus on what matters and let all that shallow stuff fly out (laughs) because otherwise you're not going to be able to enjoy the creative process. And there was a point where I wasn't. Now I do. Before, not as much. (laughs) Advice for anybody who wants to do a podcast. (laughs) Give yourself the time, grace, and patience to make mistakes. I beat myself up about stupid things. You don't know what you don't know. But at the beginning, it's like you want to skip steps. You want to be at that level, that Stephen Bartlett, that that shit thing gigs, you know? You can't. You can't do it. You're not there yet because you just started today. So just... Let yourself be an amateur for a little bit. It's okay. I think as a, as a content creator in general, there's this learning curve that we, we often want to try and skip over because everybody seems to be making perfect content. We see it in our Instagram feeds and like we read about these like 16 year old millionaires. <laughs> from launching a YouTube where all he's doing is talking about trainers. I don't know. But we have this like vision in our head of like, right, that's content. But one thing I did, and I advise anybody who's even considering to start content to do, and it can sometimes take a little bit of time because some people try to hide this, okay, that ego. Find their first videos. Ha! (laughs) Find their first videos. Find their first 10. Find their first 100 and then relax. (laughs) I actually got this from, and I try and avoid watching too many how-to advice-based videos from other YouTubers because everybody's got their own secret sauce. And if you try and follow someone else, you're going to end up being really inauthentic and it won't hit. But Mr. Beast, watch a couple. He gave really good advice. He said, your first videos are going to be terrible. (laughs) And that is absolutely fine. Biggest piece of advice, be okay with that. And then you will progress and you will learn Every single time you do a podcast episode, every time you make a video, there will be something you will do better than the last time. And that is all you need to know. That's all the advice I need to give you because you will find your way on your own organically. There's nothing else that I need to tell you. That's it. Future plans. (laughs) Oh God, there's so many. Okay. Paige wants to do live shows. (laughs) I want to do debates. I want to do... One topic, I don't know, coloring hair, (laughs) relaxes. And I want one person over here who maybe thinks it's a fab idea. I want a scientist over here who's like, absolutely not. I want five, five of us, and I want to moderate it. I want to moderate the hell out of it. And I want to do Q&As. I want people in the audience like, 
I want that so bad. So that's one thing I want. I want to obviously keep making episodes, but I want to start speaking to a more variety of cultures and races. This was always supposed to just be about hair, not skin. Someone made a really valid point when I said to them that I didn't want it to just be the black experience. And they were like, yes, but to be fair, there is a lot to unpack there. <laughs> so if, if it's a large portion of uh, stories from our community first and fair, there's, there's a lot for us to work through. I was like, yeah, 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 that's true. But there's so many races and cultures that have stories behind their curly and Afro hair. When I was at Notting Hill, I met these two beautiful, were they Persian? Arab ladies. They had hair that was thick, coarse. It looked like like the most beautiful, thick, bushy afros. And they were like, yeah, this is not normal. They don't have this hair back home. It's, it's a whole conversation piece at the dinner table. And I thought, I want to hear about that story. <laughs> I, want to know, I want to know what Guan there in the Middle East with that hair. Talk to me about that. There's more to it. There's so much more. So I want to tell everyone stories. It's going to take time, but I'll, I'll, get, I'll get to everyone. I promise you. And more than that, I want to be able to take this internationally. I want to do hair care in Brazil. Apparently, Brazil has the second largest population of black people. Never knew that. Someone told me that the other day. I want to know what's going on with the Afros over there. What are they doing? What products are they using? You know, when you go to some random place that's outside of your comfort zone and you realize that they've been doing something that's worked for years and you had no idea, I want to bring some stuff back to the West. <laughs> and I want to be able to talk to a variety of different cultures globally. Because we've all got stories to tell. It's not just us here because I'm in London, right? How do I hope the show can help the community? It's an interesting question, you know. It's an interesting question because I might want it to educate. But then the things that I might discuss with someone on a particular episode, 15% might disagree with. 20% may have never heard before, 30% may agree with, and the others might just be indifferent to, right? So it won't necessarily achieve that goal across the board. Um, but what I do really want is I want connection. I want us to stop stressing and struggling alone in our silos and understand that these are shared experiences. It's not just you and that feeling of isolation is something I'm so used to feeling, especially when it comes to my hair care. Like even when starting the natural hair care journey that I'm on at the moment, it felt like there were a lot of people saying that it's easy. Wasn't easy for me. <laughs> so then I shied away from telling anybody about my struggles because I thought I was going to get dragged because I thought my own community would be like, it's easy doing twists, two strand knots. <sighs> it's not. <laughs> not for me so for the people that are like me we're just trying we're trucking along trying and we've got other things going on in our lives right hair care is not it a lot of us have kids we have job career we have family members we need to take care of we've got money we need to stack up so finding a way that we can navigate our hair care journeys in a more enjoyable way is probably like one of the big things for me like there's so much in our cultures that is very stressful and kind of depressing sometimes. 
Waking up, looking at your phone, I guarantee there will be something that's triggering that you see. And you're like, again? So being able to bring up a light <laughs> bit of entertainment so that people can talk about the heavy stuff and digest it in a way where they're not leaving the conversation like, I'm going to just end it all. <laughs> I've had enough. Because there's so many times where you just feel that way. It's exhausting. And everybody's online telling you you're doing it wrong. And everyone's online telling you that it's not right and you need to do this and you need to do this. And ugh, bleh, <laughs> it's too much. We just need to refine the conversation. We need to be able to get education from it, sure. But more than anything, have that space to talk about it. I just want us to talk about these things more. I want us to talk about them with people outside of our own family. Because that's when the magic happens. I've said this before. When you can start having a dialogue about why we prefer straight hair. Why a style can't just be a style. Why we feel that, you know, sometimes we have to look a certain way for a certain job. Instead of us just internalizing these things or having a, a quick chat with a family member in the living room, why not? Why not have a proper conversation with the wider community? Let's hear how everybody else's experiences have been for them. And let's find a way that we can feed into each other's painful moments and make something special out of it so that we do not know, we no longer feel like we're walking that journey alone. And if I can pull us together in that way, allow the conversation to keep going, then I think I'll have done part of my job. My mission will probably never end. I'll get to like 90 and still be out here trying to find ways to like elevate the podcast. <laughs> God. But if I can at least keep that dialogue open for us in a safe environment where we can talk about all of these things that plague us and they, they're always on our minds, then yeah, I think I've done all right.